BG Mania, a video game music podcast for January 1st, 2020, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by, oh man, I guess he's refreshed for the new year. It's Frank. I have no idea. Happy New Year. It's, this is New Year's Day. It is New Year's Day. Yeah, that's why I had no idea really what to say with for uh, for you. But also, just like last week with our first ever episode on Christmas Day, this is our first ever episode on New Year's Day. And Man, I'm really excited for 2020. I'm excited for everything that it has to offer, not only for BG Mania, but for Max Level and Level Down Games. But before we get to all that, if this is your first time stumbling upon our neck of the Lost Woods in BGM land, welcome. BG Mania is a cornucopia of extra special music that we hold dear, both from the days of our childhood through modern consoles and new releases. That's right, we focus on retro to current games with everything included in between. What we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So you're guaranteed you're something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure today. Do not forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. I also updated the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I figured, uh, you know, I, I really like keeping everything fresh. Uh, I, I like changing things up from time to time. It, it's something that I've always just enjoyed doing. Uh, if you go check out leveldowngames.com, brand new layout. Everything looks good. <laughs> if only we can get a brand new host. If only we could get a brand new co-host. I agree. <laughs> Frank, I'm excited for this episode, man. You have no idea because we have only played a couple tracks from this entire franchise throughout the last 129 episodes of BG Mania. This is episode 130. That's because nobody plays this franchise, Brian. Name one person, except for the whole country of Japan, who plays this game. <laughs> <laughs> the franchise in question, yes, is Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior up till uh, 2005 here in North America. But for the sake of what it is now known as here, we are going to call them Dragon Quest moving forward. We're going to be focusing on Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 today, moving in, uh, you know, in, in order of release. So we're starting with the first game. These 
are, as you mentioned, Frank, massive games over in Japan. Not so much here in North America. Now, they do sell somewhat well, but they don't sell nearly as well as they do over in Japan when they come out here. But I've always been a huge fan of these. Dragon Warrior 1, when it released on the NES, is honestly the first JRPG that I ever actually played. I have actually think it may be the first one I've ever played. Um, I, I have to tell you right now, did not finish that until much, much later. later on oh, I, I, I couldn't either. I couldn't either. Now, you know, I, I did eventually play Final Fantasy on the NES as well, but I couldn't finish either one of those two when I was a little kid. I wasn't able to. I don't know how I came to get this game, but I think everybody I knew had Dragon Warrior. I think it's one of those games that gave, I know Final Fantasy they gave away. I don't, I can't remember. It was, it was, you know, I was super young when it initially came out. So I, I don't know if, if that's the case, but I remember getting this one year for Christmas after I had gotten my own NES and man, I just fell in love with the music. I fell in love with the idea of going on this grand adventure. You know, this predated Zelda for me. This predated a lot of things for me. So Dragon Quest as, as a franchise really sparked and ignited my love of Japanese games and JRPGs. Not not only is this an episode where we're going to be focusing on Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3, but it's also a stealth Koichi Sugiyama episode, the main composer of Dragon Quest, because he's the only composer that has ever worked on that franchise. It's not a deep dive, it's a little shallow jump. Yeah, a little, a little shallow jump into the three-foot section. <laughs> but you know what? When I think of this series... I'm always drawn to the art, maybe because I'm a big Akira Toriyama fan. He designed every monster, every character in these games are designed by him. And like, yeah, still to this day, still to this day. Yep. I remember reading the magazines and seeing these pictures and like trying to draw these monsters. I wish I could dig up old notebooks as a kid. I have pictures of me drawing like the blue slime and like drawing like all these kinds of weird, you know, like the, the, the bats and stuff. This was my, my, my childhood nerdism. Now it's my adult nerdism because I actually do like these games. Yeah, and I, I, know, I know you're actually still a fan of Dragon Quest, even though I don't think you've played 11 yet, which you really need to. But uh, and I've done a list of a thousand things that Frank hasn't played that he needs to. <laughs> I know, pretty much. <laughs> so as I mentioned, we're starting out with the first Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior 1 here in the uh, Americas. Came out in North America August of 1989 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. As mentioned, it was composed by Koichi Sugiyama, which I didn't mention. The man is 88 years old, Frank, and he's still going strong composing music for Dragon Quest and Square Enix. I'm 37 and I barely want to wake up and do my own job. Yeah, no, I, I know, but... It's insane that I mean, I love my job boss. who's probably listening. It's the best. I love you. He um, he's worked on a few things outside of Dragon Quest, but not since man, not since the late 90s, early 2000s. Since then, he's been solely on Dragon Quest. Obviously, he is very up there in age and, you know, just recently did the soundtracks for Dragon Quest 11 and Dragon Quest Builders, too. And I'm sure so long as he's living, he will continue to do the music for Dragon Quest until until he passes on, man. It's his like it's his lifelong baby. We got it's like so 60 fun. more years of uh, Dragon Quest music. I certainly hope so. You know, I, I'm always I'm, I'm one that is under the impression that I don't want anybody to pass away <laughs> eternal life for everybody if we could potentially we'll give sacrifice it out bieber we'll sacrifice them all <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry canadian fans i didn't mean that do they like bieber up there i think so no i don't know anyway <laughs> the opening track you heard is the title theme from the original dra uh, dragon quest which is honestly probably one of the most iconic themes 
throughout the entirety of the franchise. It gets remixed and becomes oh, known as the Overture later on in the game's life. You know, we've we've played the Overture from Dragon Quest Eight before, but it was a you know orchestrated full symphony type of a piece of music, completely different from the eight bit chiptune style that we just heard there from the NES. I really enjoy that. Most recently, it was uh, added to Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, when they added the hero. Yeah, and when they did that, it was really cool because they added the hero from every Dragon Quest game. So, you know, we had Erdrick and we had all of them, and it was really cool. (laughs) Erdrick being probably the most popular one, though. Absolutely. He's the first three? Two? Mm, I think it's the first two. Something like that. Yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely the original though. He's the OG. He, he he's the Frank of the Dragon Quest world. My favorite Dragon Quest character is the one from Dragon Quest Eight, though. Like that, not only that, that's also my favorite Dragon Quest of all time. But I, I really did like the hero from Dragon Quest Eight. But anyway, let's move on to our second piece of music on the episode today. From Dragon Quest One, we're going to be listening to the Overworld theme. from the original Dragon Quest, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. Frank, you mentioned while we were listening to that that uh, you were absolutely right about something, and you haven't told me what that is yet. Okay, I know, because it's a rarity, right? Um, So in (laughs) in 1990, Nintendo Power offered a free copy of Dragon Warrior to everyone who subscribed to the magazine. I was an original subscriber. Uh, I I had every issue up until the very end. I, I never lapsed uh, i wish i kept all my magazines that you know that's one of, one of the great uh hardships i've had but where I, I lost lots of a flood but uh yeah i got my copy of dragon warrior that way because it's again it's a game i not i wouldn't have bought because i wasn't seeking out jrpgs as a kid but a free game was a free game i think we may have talked about this before i don't know if it was on bg mania it probably was on max level back when we did our series on like you know blast from the past we talked about gaming subscriptions and magazines uh, we did a whole episode on it back at like the end of 2018 sometime in november I, I even distinctly remember because frank and i went to local stores trying to find magazines still on store shelves to talk about for the uh for the episode but i was not an original subscriber to nintendo power i think i started my subscription somewhere in like 93 or 94 
but then had it till the very end as well. So I missed out on the first couple years, and I'm really sad that I did, but I also really wasn't reading magazines as a, as a young kid that either. Yeah, of course. So. But man, uh, just listening to the opening beats of that track, it really, it really takes you back to this game. This track in particular is probably my favorite one from the first game. And the first few beats is all it took for me to literally just envision the game in my head. I was walking through the, the, the very first castle on my way to the first town. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that... Only, um, only because I've seen that scene about 10,000 times over trying to get into this game as a kid. Yeah, they, they did a really good job with, you know, like the, the presentation style of the first Dragon Quest. So much so that, if I'm not mistaken, Frank, you actually made our initial thumbnails for our podcasts. I'm fairly confident yeah. you used Dragon Quest's art in like one of their menu themes for max level. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I told you, I was always I was always a big fan of the art of this thing. And even the game itself, as far as JRPG goes, like I said, it, there was really I had this and I had Final Fantasy. Yeah. Those were honestly, though, let's be real. Those were the biggest ones on the NES. And man, I might even say the only ones that mattered on the NES. There were others. There were other JRPGs, but not many, and most of them weren't that good. I couldn't even name any others if I tried. <laughs> uh, I, I know, um... Oh, Faxanadu, and... Yeah, like, there, there were others, but... Okay, I, guess, I guess I can if I try. Crystallis. Uh, yeah, Crystallis is definitely another, but nothing that even Princess, comes Princess close. Princess Tomato in the Solid Kingdom. That's a text adventure. <laughs> I it's so fun. That's a, uh, th there's nothing that came close to Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy in terms of JRPGs on the NES. Like, there were, like I said, there were others, but they weren't nearly as good. I just, man, I have so many fond memories of this game, and, and we can literally talk forever on not only this one, but the second and third. But I do think that of the three, Dragon Quest 1 is probably my favorite followed by Dragon Quest 3 and then Dragon Quest 2 at the end. And if we're just talking original trilogy. Now, uh, do you know why it was called Dragon Quest versus uh, why it was called Dragon War versus Dragon Quest for the beginning? I'm sure that I do, but I better just go ahead and mention it. Because Dungeons and Dragons had a game called Dragon Quest at the same time. It's a copyright issue. That's right. David. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you could blame, uh, you know, my, my biweekly uh Dragon, you know, Dra Dragon Adventures for that. Might be I, I do blame you. You're absolutely right. I do blame you. It is, it is all my fault. <laughs> direct, direct, directly. Directly your fault. I always have blamed you. I've always said it was your fault. And now it's just starting to come to light that it is your fault. Mo most things are. Most things usually are. All right, Frank. Let's take a listen to a fun piece of music here. One that I really enjoy. From Dragon Quest. This is the village theme. <laughs>
was the village theme from Dragon Quest 1, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. I love a good village theme, Frank, and that theme right there, it is so jolly. Like, I can't get enough of that. We listened to it on loop for like three and a half minutes because I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> it's it's an amazing village theme, one that I think all village themes uh, later in JRPGs would be inspired by. And I say that because Koichi Sugiyama is considered a major inspiration for other Japanese game composers, specifically for Nobu Yamatsu, who cited him as the big boss of game music. A lot of other Japanese composers would go on to really appreciate what Koichi Sugiyama was doing with Dragon Quest and Dragon Warrior and model their techniques, model their compositional ways after his style, which is, first of all, amazing because he's got a great style and, you know, it clearly shows in all of his work, but a huge honor as well. Like, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, man, I can't, I can't, I'm at a loss for words, which is, which is crazy because we're really three tracks in. Uh, I forgot where I was going, I forgot I was going with that. I'm so tired. <laughs> he's also a, uh, he's also a classically trained conductor. And I think that that greatly shows in this piece of music because I, with closing my eyes and listening to this, I could picture this being in some like classical piece or, you know, just classical movement. My thought finally came to me. For me, this, this had a bit of an organ grinder feel to it, I mean, which is okay for you know a village theme. I like that. It's like, okay, I could, I could actually kind of, um, yeah, I could totally hear that. And, yeah, and for a sure. And a character like that would actually work in this game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It absolutely would. Man, we, we did an entire episode on village themes before. And it, 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 it keeps shocking me that like some of these classic ones like this missed our actual themed episode. Oh, yeah. No, we we played 16 great tracks during that village theme episode. But, you know, there's 2020 there's so return to there. the village, baby. It's happening. <laughs> there's so many out there that uh, we do have a uh, part two for village themes planned at some point. In the I don't know if it's 2020, but it, it will be some point in the future. With the amount of ideas we have, it's somewhere like 2028. It could be. It honestly could be. We, we, we have enough to get us into the 2030s. That is for sure. <laughs> All right, now we've got two tracks left from the first Dragon Quest. Uh, I, I tried to split it up evenly. I, I think I picked five from Dragon Quest one, five from Dragon Quest two, and then six from Dragon Quest three, because Dragon Quest three has the biggest and most robust soundtrack of the three. So I definitely put a little bit more focus on that one. But anyway, from Dragon Quest one, this is the castle theme.
was the castle theme from Dragon Quest 1, again composed, as everything is on the episode today, by Koichi Sugiyama. A very simple tune for the entirety of the castle, but man, does it get stuck in your head. Like, I was sitting there just, you know, I could bob my head back and forth, just, oh yeah. It's very catchy, man. It's very catchy. It sticks with you, and it's something that, you know, once we finish, you know, we're recording this episode late at night because you, know, you have something to do after we do Max Level tomorrow, so we're doing this the Friday evening before. But, you know, it's almost 11 p.m. at night, and I'll be humming that to myself up until I go to sleep tonight now. Like, that gets stuck in my head every time I hear it. I have a lot of those rattling around up in the snog of the mind. <laughs> What I I'm trying to remember, and I think I think I saw this somewhere. It may have been in a, in a early episode of Nintendo Power that I either saw on the store shelves, or maybe a friend had, or maybe it was in an episode when I actually already was a subscriber. I can't uh, I can't remember, or maybe it wasn't Nintendo Power. Maybe it was somewhere else. But I know I've seen this somewhere. But a lot of what happens in the original Dragon Quest is determined by the name that you give your character. Oh, like it was generated through, the, through your name. It was it was generated by the letters of your name. So, like, it affected things. I think I, I have man. heard that. I, I, I want to say it mostly affected the way that, like, your character leveled your up. Stats, and the way, like, okay. yeah, like the way that your stats kind of were dished out. But I think it also affected other things as well, like maybe spawn points. I'm trying to remember exactly what I what I read, but I, I do remember seeing that somewhere that, you know, if you depending on the name and I was it four characters, I think it was. I think it was four characters because, it, yeah, because it would have been hero. So I think that was the default name of the character. And then you were able to change that to whatever you want. So uh, that whatever letters you put in kind of changed a little bit about the game. Now, not drastically to where, you know, second playthroughs weren't required because it was like, you know, kind of if you what was it in, in Zelda? If you put your name as Zelda, you played the game, you like played the, the, second the, the second quest. Exactly. It wasn't like as drastic as that, but it's still cool. Nonetheless, that the game somewhat changed based on the name of your character. I actually just pulled up a list over here and there were um, it, it was four letters. But uh, if you typed in uh, things like uh, N-I-N-T, like Nintendo or Z-E-L-D, uh, even e even Enix, uh, all those gave you pretty good stats. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and Enix, this was this predated Square, obviously. Like, you know, this this predated the Enix merger of Square because this original Dragon Warrior was developed by Chunsoft and published by Enix over in Japan. Square had nothing to do with the series until Square and Enix merged together in the in the late 90s. Like this, this was the main competitor to Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, so much on that Final Fantasy references this game uh, in Final Fantasy One. There's a gravestone like "Here lies Erdrick." So much so that uh, Square thought Final Fantasy was going to be their last game, as we talked about before, because Dragon Warrior <laughs> yeah. was dominating them. <laughs> like this game definitely uh, sold immensely better than any of the Final Fantasies ever did over in Japan. People are are massive fans of Dragon Quest over there. Dragon Quest is the national game of Japan. More. It, and it's more recognizable than Mario, which is crazy. Yeah, they they take days off from work kind of like and, you know, we, we do that all the time here. But, you know, they, they they're like national days off work because everybody calls in. That it's they, the, 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 the rumor was called the Dragon Quest law that they yeah. forced, that, that they forced uh, Enix to release these games on weekends because of the loss of productivity. 
Yeah, n- not true. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not a real law, but it was actually made uh, the operating practice of Enix because of all the complaints. Because when Dragon Warrior 3 came out, there was reports of over 300 kids uh, being late to school and <laughs> or, or true in general and even more adults. Yeah, it's so awesome. Like, I, I love that this franchise just turned an entire country upside down. Like, it's so freaking awesome. I mean, we, we get that to a certain degree here when, like, a Call of Duty comes out. Uh, sure. But, but nowhere on that level. The whole, the whole we're not losing uh, GDP um, because of Call of Duty. We're certainly not losing me for Call of Duty either. <laughs> that, that, that too, get good. Yeah, something I would never touch is... Uh, well, I, I play the campaigns, but don't care less about the multiplayer. So, anyway, we have one track left from the first Dragon Quest. Let's take a listen to Dragon Lord Theme. Was the Dragon Lord theme from Dragon Quest One again composed by Koichi Sugiyama? Dude, that is a very like terrifying thing to hear as you approach the end of the game. Like that, just you know you're in trouble. You're gonna die. Like that is a very you know that's an imposing theme for the last boss. I love that so much. And again, it's so simple, but it works, man. And like you 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 go out there. And you are scared for your life. But what's funny about this is that the boss, the end boss of the game, technically only had like 150 hit points. But his defense was so high that all of your attacks only did like five or four or seven if you got lucky. But a lot of times your attacks just missed in general. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd go in there with your party and just get absolutely decimated by this dragon lord. Well, because he hits like a freaking truck. Yeah. He hits like a truck, you know, you might not have you might not be prepared for it when it comes up because you don't know it is coming your first time through. And then just everything hits the fan, man. And it's so cool because we fast forward many, many, many years. You know, this this game actually just celebrated its 30th anniversary coming out in North America. Obviously, it came out three years prior in Japan. So it celebrated its 30th anniversary over there in 2016. But in August of 2019, this game turned 30 here in North America. But when Dragon Quest Builders originally came out, the first one, 
the entire plot point of that game was based around the Dragon Lord defeating the hero at the end of Dragon Warrior 1. And it was up to you to restore the world the way that you wanted to. And kind of like an image of the original Dragon Quest. It's like Legend of Zelda with their alternate timelines. Sort of. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I really enjoyed that just kind of like fun, non-canonical take on Dragon Quest where they let you play through a world and kind of let you build it up in your own image based off of the fact that the hero didn't win at the end of the original game. It was super cool to do that. Uh, really fun game. Both games are I'm, fun. I'm actually, I'm from the timeline where the hero um, ate a lot of cake as a kid and just got really Became, fat. Now, now he's paying for it and trying to lose it all? Yeah, so uh, that's my timeline. The darkest <laughs> timeline. <laughs> Dragon Quest was an incredible game, but I think we have to move on now to the second game in the series, known officially as Dragon Quest II, Luminaries of the Legendary Line. It was uh-huh. released here. What? I thought it was going to be Dragon Quest II Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's that's a played out joke that I'm sick of hearing. <laughs> and it's not even your own joke. Like every everybody says that anytime there's a sequel, you know, let's let's release uh, Destiny 2 Electric Boogaloo. Like I remember hearing that for the longest time or. Like it just it, it's, yeah, you, you know why? Because it's funny. What is what is what is so funny about electric boogaloo? It just sounds funny. It's like the word pumpernickel. It's just fun to say. <laughs> if you like saying words like pumpernickel, let us know in the comments below. There is no comments below of a podcast. <laughs> just write them down on a piece of paper. And just like you know, put them put them down next to your your thing. I'll, I'll see them somehow. <laughs> Tape them under your phone. Put them down yeah, below yeah. below the podcast. I'll, I'll feel I'll, I'll feel them through <laughs> osmosis. Was, was released over in Japan as Dragon Warrior 2. <laughs> I like how Brian just keeps going. Let's like, <laughs> leave Frank back on Dummy Island. That's trying to. <laughs> Came out less a uh, little over a year after the original Dragon Quest here in North America, September of 1990. Let's go ahead and take a listen to the first track from this game, The Battle Theme. <laughs> Dragon Warrior 2, again composed by Koichi Tsukiyama, as everything is on the episode today. This is the same, more or less, 
the same battle theme that exists in the first, second, and third Dragon Quest games. I specifically liked this version the most. There is a slightly different version in Dragon Quest 3 that we're going to hear later on in the episode, but I really, really, really liked that theme. It makes me want to go out and battle. Yeah, and speaking of battle, man, this game um, doubled the amount of monsters. Yeah, it it doubled um, it doubled a lot of things about the original Dragon Quest. There was there was forty one monsters in Dragon Warrior One. This is from eighty two. Literally doubled. The only ones to carry over were the slime, metal slime, Drakey, and Green Dragon. That's it. Everything else is brand new for this game. But this is also the first one where you can actually bring a party with you and fight more than one monster at once. Right. And I, I distinctly remember because there were many times where, you know, you would get spawned into a battle with like four dragons on the overworld and good luck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good, <run. laughs> good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Run away. Try to escape because, man, the, those these battles were not easy. These games were not easy. These games were very hard. They were designed to be difficult. And that's what's so exciting about Dragon Quest is that these games, you know, they didn't hold your hand. They, they just set you out there and, and let you discover things on your own and let you just get lost in a world. I think that's why I didn't beat the first one for so long. Yeah, it's difficult. Because without a guide, I don't think I would have gotten through. I, or, yeah. Or, or at least not done as quickly as I did with the guide. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that. And going back to something that you mentioned earlier on, when we were listening to one of the tracks from Dragon Quest One. Uh, the game Dragon Quest Two centers around the Prince of Middenhall, and so it's not Erdrick. However, the third game actually stars the ancestors of Erdrick, so oh, okay. that's why Dragon Quest One, Two, and Three are often referred to as the Erdrick Saga trilogy. So you play as Prince in this one. You play as yeah, Prince. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, not not the Prince though. No. No. You don't you don't wear purple and bathe yourself in the healing waters of Lake Minnetonka be pretty sweet if you actually it, although, it, although, although speaking of lakes uh this is the first one to introduce water monsters once you had your ship yeah that's absolutely right yep see frank finds fun facts all over the internet <laughs> brian here with bg mania leveldowngames.com is quickly growing but with your help and support we can continue expanding our footprint in the gaming industry at an even faster rate. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both BG Mania and Max Level, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, weekly editorial articles, and daily news stories. If you aren't yet visiting leveldowngames.com daily, now is the time. We went through a massive redesign for the beginning of the year, Everything is much easier to find, and it looks like a million dollars. Leveldowngames.com is soon to be a go-to stop for anything and everything you need in today's gaming landscape, including new episodes of both BG Mania and Max Level. Fear not, because podcasts can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Wednesday morning for BG Mania, and every Monday morning for Max Level. Thanks for all the continued support. Frank, I actually think you are really going to like this next track. Let's see if I'm right on this one. From Dragon Quest 2, this is the menu theme. Thank you. 
that was the menu theme from Dragon Quest II, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. That was fun. Yeah, fun, like just total what I imagine a Frank pick to be had Frank actually picked tracks for this episode because I just came prepared with the, the most iconic tracks from each of these three games. But I was there in spirit because I feel like you picked that one for me. Yeah, this is something I easily could have seen you picking on your own. And I would have. And you would love it. As I love it. It's a great menu theme, though. It really is like that. That's something that, you know, we don't talk about a lot here and, and, and we will in the future. But menu themes definitely, you know, they, they have to have a hook and they have to be entertaining. We've mentioned that before, like level one, like we mentioned how like level one themes have to hook you. So yeah. Do the, so, so do the menu themes, because, you know, you pop this thing in, ah, it's a piece of garbage, throw it away. Especially in a JRPG where you're spending a lot of your time in the menus controlling your part. And, you know, obviously with Dragon Quest 2, as you mentioned, we moved into having, you know, companions travel with us and be able to recruit people and all of these different things. You're spending a lot of times in the menu. And if the track sucks or if the track isn't fun then you're going to dredge your time in the menu, which is then going to kind of spill its way over into the game. And they don't want you to dislike their game. So they make the, the music fun in the menu, which, you know, keeps you happy. At least that's what I think. I don't know. But I always enjoyed my time going through the menus because of the music. Like, it's fun. It's festive. And, you know, it, it brings a smile to my face. And if I'm smiling while playing a game, that's a good thing. Exactly. And if a game has a good menu music, we'll sit there. We'll just listen. We'll, 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 turn, we'll turn it on and we'll wait to play. At least I know I will. Doing, I do that all the time. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, I really do love a good menu theme. And, and this one had an excellent menu theme. So that, that's really, really cool to listen to. All right, Frank. What do you got for me next, dog? Coming up next, it's an overworld theme, but Dragon Quest II had two different versions of the overworld theme. We're only going to play one of those versions because the overworld theme by itself was very similar to the original game. This one from Dragon Quest II is named Overworld Theme Prince Canock. Canock version from Dragon Quest 2, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. I really like that, and I really like that they had a separate overworld theme 
for Prince Canok. Like I said, the main overworld theme was still there, largely the same as it was in the original Dragon Quest, with maybe a slight variation at the beginning. But the Prince Canok version is entirely different. And it's so cool. It's such a good theme as well. Like that, again, it's it's one that makes me go out there and feel like I'm having an adventure. And I think that's what Koichi Sugiyama does best, man. He really just, he gets the feeling that these Dragon Quest tracks should have. And that's why I'm glad that he's still composing the music to this day. Do you think if Prince Kanak hopped on a Yoshi, would have heard like some Tom Tom drums added to that? I mean, it's, it's a possibility. Okay. It's I mean, a possibility. Up, I, I mean, I mean, shout out, Frank. We're talking about the wrong series. But uh, yeah, I, that, 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 was, that was a fun track. I actually really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's super good. And uh, I think more games need to do that. Like just if, if, if you have like a, a different party, change your music up like for each person because everyone has their own little thing to contribute to a game anyway. Oh, like uh, if you can, because, you know, JRPGs usually let you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like select the leader of the party, for instance, and that's the character you see on the screen. You know, all of your characters are technically there, but you only see one character on screen a lot of times, especially in these older JRPGs. That would have been interesting had they like, you know, I'm currently playing through Star Ocean First Departure R on PlayStation 4. And my, you know, my main character that I've continuously been using is Roddick. But say I wanted to set Ilya or Yoshua or something like that as the main character, then the music might change based on who the leader of the group is at the time. That's an interesting idea. I don't know if any games do that. Let us again add that to lower down the movie, the game dot com to the game. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if any games actually do that. But yeah, man, that's uh, that's a super cool idea and, and one that I would be intrigued to know if, if that already exists. <laughs> but it's time we have another battle theme to listen to from Dragon Quest 2. I think, uh, yeah, you're going to like this one, Frank. You're going to like this one from Dragon Quest 2. This is Malroth Battle. Malroth Battle from Dragon Quest II, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. 
Natroth is a fun character, man, a, a recurring character in the Dragon Quest series. But again, he is, he is me, the master of destruction. Uh, no, definitely not you. You are the master of several things, but destruction, not one of them. Uh, eating, you've never perhaps. Seen, you've never, I was like, you've never seen me at a buffet. I am the master of destruction. Eating, perhaps. <laughs> I, I, I wish. I'm on a diet where I eat one meal a day, and I want to destroy a buffet. So yeah. If you don't stop, it's still one meal. <laughs> Frank, I, I went into that track saying that I think you're going to like this one because it's the most what I would consider to be like a metal track, like something that was like heavy metal or death metal inspired like that's the only one that we've heard so far today that has that feel to it so that's why i was kind of thinking this might be something that the you're only into. one so far right um potentially i i don't think that we have anything as hellish coming up as that one sounded that one definitely sounds like uh you know from from the pits of hell like it could have come from doom all right man i like this last track here uh I, it's definitely if i had to pick it might be my favorite closing piece of music from a dragon quest game from Dragon Quest 2, this is the ending theme.
was the ending theme from Dragon Quest II, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. It's a very emotional piece of music, and it definitely, it hits me, and it brings me back to finishing the, you know, the original Dragon Quest II when it came out. Uh, well, not when it came out, I shouldn't say that, but I finished when it. When you played it. <laughs> when, I, when I played it, which was... When did I finish this? Oh, man, I probably because I finished the original Dragon Quest before I finished Dragon Quest 2. And I want to say it was probably the late 90s. Yeah, it had to have been the late 90s when I actually played through and finished these games. When was I that always on the Nintendo or was it on the Game Boy? It was on the NES. Yeah, I finished them on the NES. Yeah, I, I know these uh, at, at least in this version. I don't know if the other version came out on Game Boy Color, but I know this one came out on Game Boy Color. I remember seeing it in stores. But what's so cool about Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, or whatever you want to call it, I know we keep kind of flip-flopping back and forth on what we're saying here on the show, but it, it's a series that is able to transcend gaming. And what I mean by that is that when I was learning how to drive a car, you know, when I was 15 and a half, you get your permit and you have to, at least in, in the state of Ohio, they require you to go to driver's ed and like do driving school and they, you do a certain amount of hours there. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many hours they make you do because it's been so long. <laughs> but I know most states do something similar or a similar program. My instructor, like he, I could tell, wasn't like a big gamer and he was an older gentleman. But him and I got to talking one day. We were, you know, I think I was doing like a, an hour session or something. And we were driving uh, about 30 minutes to the one way and then 30 minutes back. And we just talked about random stuff. And he started talking about and asking if I was into video games at all. And I was like, well, hell yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all that I do. You know, I go to school, I play games, I hang out with my friends. But 90% of my time, I'm playing video games. And that's still my life now, except it's almost 100% of the time. But he started talking to me about his favorite game and game series, and he starts talking about Dragon Warrior. He's like, did you ever, did you ever heard of or ever played Dragon Warrior? And I was like, hell yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and him and I just went off on this like super in-depth and intelligent conversation on Dragon Warrior 1, 2, and 3, which spawned into kind of like some talk on Final Fantasy. And it was just this crazy conversation that I never would have expected to have with him. You know, this, again, older gentleman, probably in his 60s. Uh, at the time, he was teaching me how to drive, and luckily, I was fairly a good driver. You know, he didn't really have anything to worry about with me. I was able, he showed me how to do the cones once, and I was able to do them. Like, I never had an issue driving or maneuvering a car. I've always just been good at it. I passed all of my driving tests the first time. Never had an issue. Didn't even really have to study for any of the oh, tests. Oh, must be nice. Uh, you failed? First one. Oh, well, most people fail their first test because they're really hard on you when they're, like, actually scoring you. I, 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 I feel like I got maybe a little lucky my first time because I had a really nice instructor. I, I probably maybe should have been docked a few extra points that I wasn't docked for, but she let me slide. Um, I, I've always just been good at it though. So like, it was fun just sitting there behind the wheel, learning how to drive this car. And it was his car. It was a very, very older car. <laughs> it was a Model T. Much felt like it, but I was able to, to to grasp the controls and handle it. You know, I learned how to crank the engine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it was so much fun having uh, a conversation about something that I enjoyed with this guy that I never would have expected to have. And that's something that's always impressed me about this franchise is that it does transcend your traditional gamer stereotype. Most people have heard of Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior. If they haven't heard of Dragon Quest, ask them about Dragon Warrior because they might just remember the original NES trilogy and they don't know that it's the same series. And if you haven't heard about that, you can talk about Double Dragon. 
Yeah. Or B- Bimmy and Jimmy. Yeah. Or uh, I, don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, Frank. It's you always you always you always come up with these dumb things. That's getting <laughs> ruining my sentimental music and my sentimental moment. I don't have a sentimental bone on my body. I just, I, I don't know. I can't get enough of this track. Like I said, it's, it's definitely probably my favorite closing piece of music from the entire franchise. And there's some other good ones. You can definitely tell it. It's a it's just credit roll, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely gets the beats of a credit roll. Yeah, it's it's the perfect song for it, and it, it you know it encapsulates the entire journey. It encapsulates the emotions that you've felt along this you know hours upon hours upon hours worth of a journey. And it's a great way to close out the game. And it's a great way to close out our look at Dragon Quest II, because now we're going to be moving on to the third and final game that we're focusing on for the episode today, Dragon Quest III, or again, Dragon Warrior III here in the North America region. But it originally released in Japan as Dragon Quest III, The Seeds of Salvation. Came out in Japan in 1988, but here in North America, March 12th, 1992. Again, everything you're going to hear from this game composed by Koichi Sugiyama. Let's start out with the overworld theme from Dragon Quest III. Was the overworld theme from Dragon Quest 3 again composed by Koichi Sugiyama? That just feels like a grand freaking adventure, man. That has been my favorite one so far. Yeah. And what's really cool about this is that this particular piece of music is remixed in Dragon Quest 11. Echoes of an Elusive Age. Echoes of an Elusive Age. That is correct. <laughs> I do think that um, this might be my favorite overworld theme from the entire franchise. It's so good. I was tapping my toe the entire time. Like, I generally enjoyed that one through and through. Yeah, this is a phenomenal piece of music, and I'm glad that, you know, this is recognized for being such a significant piece of music, this overworld theme, and that it is, you know, reused time and time again in Dragon Quest games now because of how awesome it actually is. This is the um, 
this is the game Dragon Quest Three. I don't know. If, I don't know if you actually said the game, but this is the one that there were almost 300 arrests for truancy among students. Yes, absent one, from yeah. school. Yeah, <laughs> this is the one. I, I can't remember if you actually said it was Dragon Quest Three, but uh, this is the actual one that you know spawned that rumor about the law and all that stuff. And I still think I prefer the first game since it was my first time getting into the series. But I will recognize that Dragon Quest Three is probably a better game and is more deserving of you know all of the love and admiration for the for the franchise. That's why if we're talking original trilogy, it's my number two with Dragon Quest 2 being uh, following up the bunch. But really, there isn't a bad Dragon Quest game. So wherever you decide if you want to jump into these games, wherever you decide you want to uh, to do that with, then there really isn't a, a bad game to start with. Personally, I'd say 8, but that, uh, that, that just totally is your call. But Frank, that reminds me of an email, actually, <laughs> as we uh, as, as we get later and later into the show. But that reminds me of an email that we received recently from a listener by the name of Dan. And he sent in and I actually shared a screenshot of this in, I, I the, uh, in, the, in the staff channel because I was so, so happy just to get an email like this because, you know, we we receive a lot of emails from from listeners for both BG Mania and Max Level. But anytime someone writes in and says that they got hooked on JRPGs because of listening to BG Mania, that makes me so happy. <laughs> so uh, th- this listener, Dan, wrote in and said, hey, man, first off, let me say a massive fan of all you guys are doing, specifically BG Mania. I have an extensive list of podcasts that I subscribe to, and I have to say that this is my number one. The banter between you and Frank is fantastic, and your guys' taste in VGM is top-notch. Thanks to listening to you guys, I am hooked on JRPGs. Just finished up Persona 5, and have to say it is probably my favorite thing I've ever played. Now I don't know where to turn next. Was hoping for some recommendations. What else out there is similar to this masterpiece? Thanks in advance, and keep up the great work. So I wrote back to Dan the same evening, a couple hours later, with a massive list, of, of course, because it's me. Anyway... Let's take a listen from Dragon <laughs> Quest 3. This is the village theme. Thank you. 
was the village theme from Dragon Quest 3, again composed by Koichi Sukiyama. Much like the uh, overworld theme was remixed in Dragon Quest 11, this is remixed in Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2. Remix! This, like I said, the music from Dragon Quest 3 is often considered some of the best in the series. And I think that shows because, you know, they continuously reuse and recompose a lot of the tracks for their more recent games. I really do enjoy this village theme. I think I like this one more than the village theme that we played from the original Dragon Quest. Blasphemer. Now, this, this is fun. I, I love fun tracks like this, like just little, little jaunty town tunes. I'm actually a little, I'm ashamed that we haven't played more from the series. Like it, it, it took us this long to get around to it. That's why at the end of last week's episode, we uh, took a look at pieces of music that were from video games that have Santa Claus in them. I said that, you know, I wanted to start 2020 off right because this is the first episode of the year and it takes place on January 1st. We need to make things right by playing music from the original trilogy of Dragon Quest because we've neglected this series. And it's, it's crazy to think that because it really is one of my favorite JRPG franchises of all time. It's just I... When looking for music, I try to find things that are undiscoverable or things that somebody might not have heard of that's still really good while still playing the classics as well. And just through all of that, Lost in the Mix has been Dragon Quest. But I wanted to make that right. Eventually, we will play music from all the Dragon I Quest think, games. I think that should be a good theme for 2020, making things right. That Portal episode is coming. That Portal episode is never happening. But <laughs> Frank, we've already played almost all the music from Portal. I'm going to lobby till eventually, by the time we get to the Portal episode, it's going to be like background track three. That's... <laughs> You've literally stripped the Portal games dry almost. Like I think Portal 2, there's still several tracks you could pick from, but the original Portal is almost depleted in terms of music. All right, I'll have to move on to other games on the Orange Box. <laughs> or just better games in general, like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy or I don't know, anything's better than... Portal. Oh, oh, oh you talk so, uh, they're going to talk back about the orange box because okay, I have all my Half-Life fans swarm on you, dog. I mean, Half-Life isn't that great, but it's a good game. What? <laughs> Go home, Brian. You're drunk. It's all right. I'm not a huge fan of shooters, though. What do you expect? Fair. Fair enough. It's okay. Like I said, it's definitely up there in terms of a, a shooter style, but I would choose a lot of things over Half-Life if I had the choice. And I do have the choice because I have the choice of what I play, Frank. The power is yours. The power to choose is within you. Anyway, let's move on to uh, another amazing, potentially underrated piece of music from Dragon Quest 3. I uh, don't see a lot of people talking about this one often, but it's it's a really good piece of music. I think you guys are really going to like this. From Dragon Quest 3, this is Ramiya's Flight.
that was Ramiya's Flight from Dragon Quest III, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. That might be something that you've heard if you're not familiar with that particular track from Dragon Quest III, because there is a much more popular, very similar sounding song from Final Fantasy III called The Boundless Ocean. This, for the most part, ripped off a lot of what Koichi Sugiyama did with this particular track. And Dragon Quest III did come out first. So I don't know if it's one of those things where it's just eerily coincidental that they sound somewhat similar, or if, you know, it was a direct kind of not like plagiarism because it is different enough, but it does sound very similar. We've seen that happen before in the past uh, with other games. I think I think it was Link to the Past and something else. Yeah, Final Fantasy either four or six. No, it's I think it's four and Link to the Past sound very similar, which is cool. I think it's Final Fantasy four sounds very similar to Link to the Past. And yeah, I mean, we hear that a lot. So there's no it it was like in middle school and high school. My papers were very similar to my friend's papers. Well, that's just blatant copying from from your part because you were a stupid student. No, they copy from me. I'm sorry for all you failing. Uh, Like to call that the double S, the stupid student, Frank. The SSF. Wow, Brian. Okay, insulting my intelligence. Did you even graduate? Top of my class. (laughs) Just messing around. top of your class and what weight limit brian uh first of all <laughs> oh, 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 audio podcast <laughs> i was at the top of the class i was top five percent though i have a class of 1600 so yeah pretty smart and i parlay that into nothing <laughs> selling insurance <laughs> i just uh, and, and, and now i work at a job that i hate uh, but but at least i have fun on the podcast sometimes when brian is being a dick when is that I never am. Every four or five weeks, you show a little license to me. Just, just speaking the truth, man. Spreading them truth bombs out there. Yeah. Make me burn in the fiery pits of Tartarus. <laughs> Great piece of music, though, man. It's very calming. It's it's very... Makes you want to go for a swim. And it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't, because it's a music about flight. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, fun, interesting story about, about that track, but I really like it a lot. I really do. And uh, like I said, I, I do think it's more one of the underrated tracks because when doing research for this game, I tend to look at, you know, like plays on YouTube or anything that I could see where these soundtracks are streaming to the public. And this one in particular didn't have that many views as compared to a lot of other tracks from Dragon Quest three. And it made me sad because I really do like this one a lot. So you went play like play count in my head. I'm like, why the hell is he watching dramas like a freaking loser? Yeah, I mean, I like plays, but play count yes gotcha 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 if you're looking for a new all-purpose gaming related podcast to listen to look no further than the max level podcast every monday morning four friends and sometimes five have a breakfast powwow about the hottest topics in gaming that week while discussing the games they've been spending time with over the past seven days featuring brian frank sean kyle and dan from leveldowngames.com there's never a down moment when it comes to pertinent information or laugh out loud moments They'll break down upcoming games, hidden gems, and encourage listener participation through guessing games and questions. Find the Max Level Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you consume your daily podcasts. All right, man, we got three tracks left in the episode today. From Dragon Quest III, let's take a listen to the battle theme. Thank you. 
that was the battle theme from Dragon Quest III, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. Another amazing battle piece of music from this franchise that really does have music that it's it's man, it hooks you into those battles. It like I said, it's one of those that I don't mind the random battles and how often they can be sometimes because the music is so epic when you transition into those battles. Anytime that music like that can can get my blood pumping and make me excited for battles, I think that's the way that JRPGs should tackle battle music because especially back then, random battles were all the freaking time. Like there you I, would get sick of them. That, that's what turned me off for the most part. Like I probably would have played a lot more of those games if they didn't have those random battles all the damn time. Sometimes to the point where take a step, here's a battle, take a step, here's a battle. Yeah, I mean we we mentioned Final Fantasy three, the last oh, track, God. but oh, the end God, of the yeah. end of that game and the you know the last final stretch, there's, you know, hundreds I, I, think I, cur- I think I think I cursed your name playing that at the end. <laughs> there's there's hundreds of battles at the end in between the last save and the final boss. And if you die, you're going back three or four hours of time because there's no save up to that boss after you do it. It's it's such a crazy game design that, you know, these games used to use back in the day. But it's just how it was. But at least when the battle music was this epic, this like, you know, awe-inspiring piece of music, at least it was somewhat more manageable and somewhat more, I guess, enjoyable to continuously keep getting into these battles. And like, when we're listening to this, I was like, Brian, this is definitely the music like for random battles. Like, you could just definitely tell it has that feel of just you're about to kill some goddamn slimes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, man, we have two tracks left on the show, and we played from Dragon Quest III a little bit earlier, the village theme. I thought it would be fun to play another town theme with a very different feel to it. From Dragon Quest III, this is Castle Town theme. from Dragon Quest III, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. A very festive track that if I had to say anything besides the title theme that we heard to open the show today, if anything truly felt deep down to the core 
like an authentic Dragon Quest song, it was that one. Like, if I didn't know, if I didn't pick the music and I just heard that track, you're like, what game is that? I would instantly think that's from a Dragon Quest game. Like if I wasn't so versed and like just knowing off the top of my head that it's from a Dragon Quest game. But I think that just anyone that is familiar with the music and familiar with Koichi Sugiyama's comp- uh, composing style and just has played any ounce of these games recognizes the significance of the music and how, you know, there, there's a certain sound and a certain tone in certain ways that Sugiyama composed the music for Dragon Quest. And that Castle Town theme from Dragon Quest 3 sounds the most authentic to everything that is Dragon Quest, in my opinion. I... This kind of brings up a crazy question. You know, like, how there's a Symphony of the Goddess and there's Forgotten Realms? Do they have something like that for no, Dragon Quest? No, and they else? should. No. They should. I know that they've done, like concerts before over in Japan for the music because it is so popular in Japan. They've done one-offs, kind of like they did a, um, you know, they did a, a near Automata one-off concert, and now that's, that's finally right. going on tour. And, uh, you know, it's coming to Chicago in January, literally the weekend of my birthday. It's going to be in Chicago, and I'm so disappointed that we weren't able to get tickets. They sold out so fast, and uh, you know, I would kill to go to see that, and I would kill to go see a Dragon Quest concert, man. If they if they did something like a Symphony of the Goddess or like a Distant Worlds or anything like that, uh, Dragon Quest music deserves it. And I think that if they're going to do it, it needs to be soon. It needs to be while Koi, uh, Koichi Sugiyama is still alive. Because for him to be able to see his music done on stage in a grand scale, on tour, appreciated city to city, town to town, and maybe he'd even get to go travel, kind of like um, Nobu Yamatsu travels somewhat with the uh, the Distant World concerts, and a lot of the other, like, uh, Matoshi Sakamoto travels with some of the Final Fantasy concerts. Like, for these guys to get to see their music done and appreciated by so many hundreds of thousands of fans, it's a good feeling, and I would love for him to have that. I think we need to kickstart that heart. Yeah, it kicks out my heart because, you know, it's it needs to happen. It absolutely needs to happen because and, and again, like I will you know, learn to play the flugelhorn. We've, we've only played 15 tracks up to this point on the episode today. Obviously, we have a closeout track coming up here shortly, but everything we heard today is so iconic, so memorable, so catchy that this music like like I talked about earlier, it transcends gaming. Like people that aren't oh, absolutely, gamers. it's part. It's part. It's part of the pop culture now. Yeah, it absolutely is, and it's such a cool feeling. It's you know, I'm, I'm glad I was able to be there, almost literally from the start with Dragon Warrior on the NES, and you know, up through Dragon Quest Eleven. Jessica just bought me alongside Astral Chain for the Nintendo Switch. She bought me the Switch version of Dragon Quest Eleven, the uh, special edition. Oh, the one we go the fl- the floppy floppy. Yeah, because it has the 2D and 3D versions of gameplay. Plus, they added a ton of additional content, story content, side quests. Uh, I think they may even added like an additional character or two into this version. They did a lot. And when I found out everything that they were adding to it, I was like, why am I continuing to play the PlayStation 4 version? Like, This is stupid. I should just wait to play the Switch version because it's going to be a much better experience. <laughs> I hear that. So I literally stopped playing the PS4 version after like 30 some hours. And I haven't even started the Switch version yet, but I will be doing that relatively soon. I'm trying to get through Astral Chain first because, uh, you know, I, I was really looking forward to, to playing some Astral Chain. I, I love Platinum games and everything that they do, so I was dying to check that out. But after that, I'll be moving on to uh, Dragon Quest XI. But this was a fun ep. I knew it was going to be. This was a great episode. I'm so happy we finally did this. It's been on the, like, the, the docket for a long time. 
I, we just finally pulled the trigger, and I'm so happy we did. But that means that we only have one track left if we play 15. It means that we are going to close out with the final battle theme from Dragon Quest III. The name of the track is Zoma's Theme, and again, it was composed by Koichi Sugiyama. It's a perfect ending boss theme. It's very epic. It's very, like, you know, you can tell it's the final boss. And it, it sounds, man, I, I want to say that it sounds very Nintendo as well in the way that the composition was done. All right. I look forward to hearing this. Yeah, I I, I think you're really going to like this one, Frank. But yeah, that is going to bring us to the close of the show this week, unless you have anything else you'd like to mention before we uh, get on out of here and finish celebrating the arrival of 2020. Yeah, just uh, happy New Year, everyone. I hope this is a great one for you. It's going to be a great one for Level Down Games. Check out their website. Just got a whole new revamp. Um, you're going to see a lot of new things coming forward from Level Down Games from us. I may debut a new character or two. You don't know. I'm, I'm unpredictable. I'm a wild not, card. We don't I'm do Maverick. characters anymore, Frank. We don't do characters anymore. You're not a character. You're yourself. No, we don't do characters anymore, but we will again. There you go. No, How never going to happen again. <laughs> characters are done. They died with El Francaro. All right, man. Well, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of PG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Do not forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames. Subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links in that description box. You will also find a link to our Discord channel. Click it, join it, interact with it. We want to see everybody that listens to BG Mania interacting with us in our Discord channel. Let's have it be a madhouse in there. We only have, we have several of you guys in there, but I want all of you, every single person out there, if you've yet to join it, and I'm willing to bet most of you don't even use Discord, but if you do, join our Discord server, interact with us. It's always a lot of fun. We really enjoy hearing from you guys and uh, getting to talk to you that way as well. Next week on the show, Frank, we are going to be exploring another very, very significant game franchise. We're doing back-to-back kind of dives into these series, but this one we've paid a lot more attention to than we did with Dragon Quest. But I still think it's going to be a great episode. It's going to be a lot of fun as we explore the retro side to Metroid. So we'll be playing tracks from the NES, the Game Boy, the SNES, and the Game Boy Advance. Hell yeah! It's going to be fun. Uh, Obviously, there will be no repeats. We've played a decent amount of those tracks, so we're definitely going to find some of the better ones that we've yet to play and showcase those on the show, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So Metroid next week, the retro side on PG Mania. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Zoma's theme from Dragon Quest III, again composed by Koichi Sugiyama. Keep the music playing. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. You don't get to do that. (laughs) I want to steal the first one of 2020. Keep the music playing. Keep it loud. And Happy New Year. You didn't do that, Frank. Otherwise, I'm going to let you do it. Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) 